It's episode one of the Improv London podcast with our guest Steve Rowe. This ain't gonna be easy. Welcome to the Improv London podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. It's really hard to say. SoundCloud slash Improv London at Improv London on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Improv London. Today's guest is Steve Rowe from Hoopla and uh, very much enjoyed recording this interview with Steve and uh, I probably won't tell you if I don't enjoy recording an interview with somebody but anyway um, Steve is uh, the man behind Hoopla and you can find out more about Hoopla at hooplaimpro.com I had a really good time as I said interviewing him uh, we are interrupted by a fire alarm at one point and I feel that we've barely scratched the surface of the things we could have talked about. So I've already asked him back and uh, look forward to speaking to him again soon. Do let us know what you think of the podcast as long as you like it. Anyway, here's Steve Rowe. Welcome to Microphone Test with Steve and Stuart. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Microphones. The things seem to be going on the dials. That seems to be. <laughs> this could just be a graphic. Yeah. It's actually not connected to the microphone whatsoever. Uh, yeah. And all they've done is, we're, we're not actually recording anything. It does seem a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> In some ways, it would almost seem easier to just put something that recorded sound <laughs> rather than something that pretended to record sound when you made a noise. And they predict exactly when your voice is going to move. I mean, I'm sure they could do this, but it just seems <laughs> making more work for yourself. <laughs> Um, right, so yes, tonight, uh, tonight you're teaching, is it a beginner's class? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the start? Have we started it? We've started. Oh, we started. <laughs> yeah. You don't tell our voice was different. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> that was more. <laughs> okay, um, yes, so tonight I'm teaching a beginner's improv, the first of, um, of uh, a beginner's, the first workshop of a beginner's improv course um, at Theatre Delicatessen in Farringdon in London. That's what I'm doing. So what we've got this evening is lots of people who, I think most of them will be totally new to any form of improv or acting whatsoever. Yeah. So um, they'll be going through all sorts of emotions, maybe building up to turning up at seven o'clock. And so, you know, it's about an hour to go. How are you feeling? Um, how am I feeling? Is, is the... Uh, good question. Um, to answer that honestly, because a drama teacher once said that whenever anyone asks you how you're feeling, rather than just doing the English thing of saying, why thanks, it's encouraged us to always like think about it and actually answer properly. It's a little bit self-indulgent, <laughs> but I do. Um, I feel quite relaxed. Um, it's worried that I'm tired, but I'm not tired because I could have been, but then I ate quite healthily today, so I've recovered from that. Um, just want to do well, so I feel like I've got a lot of pressure on myself. I've got a lot of pressure on myself whenever I'm running our beginners course because I feel mm. like I'm representing like, the whole of improv, <laughs> and it's like, and I feel like people are like hanging on my every word on the first workshop. They're trying to work out: is this okay? Am I going to like this or not? Am I even going to come back for the second week? Um, it's, and so yeah, it's quite a lot. It's quite easy to lose people at the start. So you're trying to get this balance of give them enough that it's exciting 
and not patronising, but not so much that they're then like freak out and they're like, I don't want to do this, this is awful. Um, so yeah, that's the main thing, just like got a bit of pressure about it, but I'll be alright, I've done it a million times before, but um, I just want to make it special for those people then. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, it is, um, I remember the first classes that I did with, uh, with Hoopla when Edgar was teaching and I was, I mean it was, it's, when you've, um, when you're going to your first improv class, you've kind of won if you've made it through the door yeah. into the classroom. Yeah. And I remember being very nervous, even just, you know, getting into the first class. Yeah. So, because it's, it is a step into another world, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I can relate to that. I think any creative endeavour that people try to take up, there's all manner of um, things that get in the way. Like, the amount, like every course that I teach, I mean, there must be so many people that look at it and they're thinking about it. A lot of people book it and then on the day, they'll email me and be like, oh, I'm really sorry, but got a new work thing that yeah. I can't make or we're getting a cold like the colds in the improv scene is quite a high percentage of colds a lot of people drop out of shows because they're like oh I've got a bit of a cold and like I don't think that many people in improv are that ill it's just we look for excuses to get out of doing something that's sort of exciting and dangerous and like brings us to life so um, yeah I mean my, I just relate to what you were saying about the, f- the, the first improv workshop um, I can relate to that because the first time I got into improv, which was going to workshop with John Creamer. Oh, right. um, I saw him and the Maydays do a show, and they announced that like we do workshops as well. And um, it took me a good month or two to get the courage, even to go to the pub where they performed, to ask the barman, "Do you have the number for that improv workshop guy?" And then the barman was like, "Yeah, sure, here you go." And it took me about another four weeks just to phone him up. Yeah. And when I phoned him up, I thought I'd have to be funny on the phone because I was like, <laughs> "He's bound to be like, you know." not happy if I'm not funny. <laughs> so I would say like, where is it? And he says, every Thursday, 7pm, Garson House. And then I was like, bah, 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 and then made some sort of really lame joke. And then he just replied with, yeah, so it's every Thursday, 7 o'clock, Garson House. And I was like, what I need, uh, blah, 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 blah. And he just said it again. And it took me about another four weeks to like turn up. And then my first workshop, I locked myself in the disabled loo for like half an hour before I went in. So I turned up at half six for seven o'clock start, locked myself in the disabled loo yeah. just to like practice right. in front yeah. of the mirror. I yeah. had like loads of preconceived like things that I was going to say. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, it took me about a year just to realise that all you really have to do with improv is just turn up. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree, getting through the door is like a, a bit of a hurdle. And so how much do you prepare? What, teaching? Yeah, say if you're doing a beginner's class. Um, so I have like what I call an array of stuff that I could do. So I don't have um, a set list, hmm. but I do have, like, there's an array of things going around in my head or like, or, like one page of A4, I've got some things scribbled down. Um, and maybe a few key points I'm trying to make. Um, Especially with the beginners course, I'm always trying to bring it back to like um, with our beginners courses right now, which means do the basics really well rather than worry about loads of other stuff. So um, tonight I'm going to be talking about, about listening, supporting each other, um, yes and, and um, having fun with getting it wrong and um, taking the pressure off trying, uh, trying too hard to be clever or funny. Yeah. Um, but then once I started doing the warm-ups, I'm pretty much just looking at the group and trying to think, like, 
what one of those do they need right now yeah. and then do a game from that and the ones I don't get to do this week that forms what we'll do the next week so yeah hopefully we don't have like a strict syllabus but the teachers we do we are getting together in November actually uh, later in November and um, we're going to pick out like what what are kind of like our top 10 must do exercises per course yeah and make sure that we do them at some point yeah. but then obviously flexible to what people need yeah it's really interesting that phase that I think a lot of um, improv schools go through is the kind of the codifying of what makes them you know who they are yeah and is that kind of what you're doing here yeah because we I mean we've got a lot of hip a lot of influences on us so we've done um, I mean Edgar and I started off um, with John Creamer and then did things with Sprout Ideas Keith Johnston um, Dylan Emery um, Anna Marriott like loads of people so at first we were quite from a Keith Johnston style mm. background I think and there's been a bigger influence on us sorry a big, another big influence on in us recently um, where like UCB Upright Citizens Brigade have been in London the Annoyance Theatre um, IO Intensives a lot of our teachers have now trained in Chicago um, so for me personally I'm always um, amazed when people seem to think that there's a massive difference between like Keith Johnston style improv and what gets called Chicago style improv. But having done both types, you're like, when at first it, it seems different, but when you get it, get it, you're like, this is just the same stuff with just with different words. Like Keith Johnston called, talks about a tilt in a, in a scene. It's exactly the same feeling as UCB's like spotting the first unusual thing. Um, and like one company will call it like building a reality at the start of the scene. Someone else will call it a platform. Someone else will call it who, what, where. Um, what some companies will call like game of the scene. Other companies will um, talk about status or relationships. But in terms of the emotional feeling for the improviser, it's actually um, you realise it's like you've kind of all found different words for the same stuff. There's not that many differences. Even like the um, especially when it comes to stories. So like a lot of Improv schools are like, oh, we don't want to do Keith Johnson because it's all about narrative and narrative gets you in your head. But the whole point of Keith Johnson teaching narrative was how to do narrative without getting in your head. Like, to be a good narrative improviser, you're not thinking about narrative. So he would also teach, like, relationship and, like, um, exploring that and themes and patterns and, like, emotions. And, like, he, he was also, like, don't be on stage plotting in your head. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I think the schools have a lack of understanding of each other. Um, so then Hoopla, um, what we're striving for at the moment, um, is just kind of trying to simplify things whenever I can, really. Like, not if I watch a scene in our courses, I'm not going to give, you, give people feedback on, like, all 50 things they could have done. Yeah. I try and just think, like, what's the one thing that could be the most, the most helpful? helpful thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just be like, here's this one thing that you try your next thing. And then celebrate that and don't worry about the rest and just have um so that's one thing we're trying to do simplify yeah um and then also i think also we're trying to um at the moment we've changed a lot of what we've done we're trying to open up to like lots of different styles of improv okay. like so we've got beginners course where we're um it's just like here's lots of things that would be helpful for any improv you do and then after that we're not building up to one particular style like of like here we're just doing harold's for instance it's like no we can do harold's we can do long form narrative, we can do musicals, you can do short form games. Um, 
really just to show people all the different types of improv there are and just enable people to pursue um, what they enjoy mm. the most. Um, that's always what I'm most keen to do. So it's the same with our venue. Like we try and book in like different styles of improv. I didn't want to encourage London not to end up being like, there's only one way of doing it and this is it. It's just kind of like, no, there's a million yeah. different shows and there's ways of improv shows that haven't been invented yet. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to encourage. Yeah. And I know I'm biased because I got into improv through doing the courses, but I think it, it is a really great place to start. Oh, um, thank you. Just because I think it's, and not that other places aren't about the love as well, but it's about the love, I feel, and it's the kind of the feeling of being cherished and being safe and being given the permission to do all these things mm. and yeah, not having one particular creed that we must all adhere to. Um, yeah, I hope so. And whenever I lose that, um, Edgar gives me a good kicking. <laughs> I'm lucky to be surrounded by people who catch me when I'm doing that. Yeah. Because every now and again, I kind of think that I'm someone else. Right. And I start taking improv too seriously. Yeah. And it's usually when I'm not, if I've stopped performing myself, then I go off and it's like, it's as if it's some intellectual yeah. activity and then immediately when I lost the plot like that I just go to a workshop with like John Creamer or something or do a show and I'm like oh, oh yeah it's like it's just well, in my opinion it's just a few things done well with commitment and joy and love it's not I don't, I'm trying not to overcomplicate it at all um, and um, and then just pursuing what you really enjoy so yeah that's what we're trying to get to and also we're totally I mean just because that's what seems to be going well for us. And also what I enjoy teaching most is like complete beginners to it. So yeah. um, this year we totally geared ourselves up to doing that, just sort of accepted who we were really. Yeah. So I'm not striving at the moment to like become like a revolution in improv. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, like Keith Johnston or Dale Close were. But I'm more like, I do think we're, we're, I do want to just, I'm, I'm really focused on like, if someone's never done this before, yeah. What's the simplest and most stress-free way for me to say this? Yeah. And when I get that wrong, I really hate myself and like w wake up late at night just going like, ah, oh, really beat myself up when I'm when I've cocked up a class. Yeah. And when it goes well, I'm really happy. So <laughs> um, it's quite addictive, really. I mean, it's it's really interesting um, because I did <laughs> I did three of your beginners courses. <laughs> Um, you and, were you were a buddy on one, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. Um, and um, when you're uh, in a beginner's class, yeah, it's just anything is possible, and sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it isn't. But you know, it can go anywhere, mm. or or and I kind of quite like that, even though I feel that I've learnt more rules, um, guidelines as mm. time's gone on, and I've really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. There is something about the innocence of people that are just doing it for the first time and yeah. know, just the joy of like, I have permission to do this. And that, it's amazing. Well, that's my favourite thing, actually. Um, John Kramer agrees with me on that. It's like, it's interesting you mentioned the word permission. Um, like once you have permission to just say anything or do anything, that's when like real genius comes out. And so I, I'm more of a fan. I don't care if it's chaotic, for instance. And like sometimes people have stopped me in a workshop and like, oh, you're going to say stop people talking over the top of each other. I'm like, no, this is fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> there's loads of fun stuff happening. I don't care if it's like 
a bit messy or whatever. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I genuinely mean it. Like with our beginners courses, I kind of think everything's amazing. Like even someone saying anything in front of people, it's like, it's kind of an act of like pure creativity, which I quite enjoy. And the same with our shows, actually. Um, I was quite influenced by um, a book called The Empty Stage by Peter Brooks. And he talks about different types of theatre and um, before I read it, I was kind of like, oh good, like, all my shows are in rooms above pubs <laughs> <laughs> and people drop glasses all the time while there's like people on stage and I was like, oh, maybe I should be trying to move into a proper theatre. And, um, and then I read about it and he talks about this particular type of theatre called rough theatre, which has survived the ages, so to speak. And it's just like exactly reading a description of Hoopla and the improv scene in general. And I was like, oh yeah, that's where we fit in. I was like, I'm not going to be, I'm not, there are amazing improv groups that do take improv to the Albert Hall. That's actually true, like Showstoppers did. Yes. And they're great. And I just had to accept to myself, I was like, I don't think I'm them. Like, I really enjoy them. But for me, um, just personally who I am, I get the most pleasure out of just watching some, <laughs> some beginners, just an Edgar too. Like we were howling with laughter last night and it's just like, you know, people are saying stuff and they've got no idea what they're saying. Um, <laughs> and um, it's something I was talking to John Cream about, it's like we're trying to make sure we like never lose that as performers, but then also when we're teaching, um, I can't help but think sometimes the more improv people learn or get into, so if you're not careful, it actually takes you away from improvising because yeah. then you're on stage and you're like, you're doing a template where you're doing the work. Yes. But the thing we originally got into it for is just that, holy shit, I don't know what I'm saying right now. And um, that's something that you can go into even more. Patty Styles is great at, get, at getting that out of people, actually. And it can be a bit of a shock for people because if they've learned a certain way, then um, then to have that where you're like, oh, God. And the Anointed the Theatre as well are great at that. So that's where I tend to gravitate towards. Um, but then actually, they all go together quite well. Like I found, did loads of like more structural improv type workshops, um, and then I did something with annoyance, and I was just like really, um, just hadn't got a clue what I was saying. Hmm. But then I realised actually everything else I'd done was coming out quite naturally. So yeah, it's um, so it's a slightly new topic right now. Different. It. It's like learning a sport. Like so if you learn swimming, um, which I did properly last year. Um, I've got a lot from that for improv teaching, which is when a swimming coach watches you swim, they just give you one thing at a time. So you do a couple of lengths just working on your right arm until you've got your head angle correct for your breath. And then when that's done and natural, then we might do a couple of lengths working on legs and then like how your body's floating in the water. Um, whereas I feel like sometimes with improv schools, it's kind of like this, it's equivalent of an improv t a swimming teacher saying swimming is all about the legs <laughs> and a different swimming teacher going, no, it's all about how your right arm moves. It's like, well, no, the answer is that it's all about all those things. And it's up to the student and us to kind of do all those, what we feel is the most important. But it's when it comes together that you're Michael Phelps um, swimming. It's not like we don't, we, we shouldn't necessarily be on stage thinking like I'm just, you know, it's all about this. It's like, no, it's once you're performing, <laughs> hopefully it's all come together. Yes. And you're just, and that's when you're just swimming a race. 
and you're getting wet and having fun. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> and found... you're naked. <laughs> yeah. um, I found that when I'm on stage, um, I haven't got a spare brain capacity to remember no. those things anyway. So no. it's like, I might know it in a class, but then when I'm on the stage, I'm, it's gone. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm just, ah, yeah. having a great time. That's how it should be. It's just to be having a good time. Yeah. Just trusting that there's enough there. Like, it's not a test at the end of a... If you've done an improv workshop, when you perform, it's not like, how much did you remember from this improv workshop? No, it's like, how much fun can you have with yourself and the people you're with for the people that are watching? And, and pick, like, maybe one thing from mm. improv stuff that you've done yeah. that you're going to play with that workshop. You don't have to spend the whole show trying to do everything. Yeah. Otherwise, um, especially for the non-improv audience, which is um, an audience I'm always trying to grow and encourage. Yes. Like, they're not... Like, if your improv show's gone off format, for instance, they haven't got a fucking clue what you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah. So, like, they don't really no, care. I think we should have gone back to the original scene of this Harold, I think. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't see that. They don't really care. And, like, if you've, like... It's the same as an actor losing, forgetting their lines in a play. Yes. Like, the audience didn't know what the lines were in the first place. So, like, if... But if you respond as if something's gone wrong, then they know something's gone wrong. So you just have to be, like, happy and, and, and go for it. And, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting what you say about um, occasionally losing your way if you haven't been performing. Yeah. And because that's something I've been thinking about recently and how it's great doing the classes and the workshops and all those sort of things. But it's only when you actually get on stage mm. um, and perform, it's like the other side of it and it kind of makes it whole almost. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I loved about the performance course, mm -hmm. performance courses that you do. It's it's the fact that you know there is the showcase at the Miller yeah. at the end of it, and that's just it's just an amazing experience to be part of. Um, I mean, you know, the, I don't think I've ever felt quite so nervous in my life. But it's <laughs> just you know, but once you're on stage and then you're sort of doing it, and it's like yeah. you know, we know that you're on stage there and you're going to look after us and yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, it must be amazing to see people get up and perform for the first time. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty scary, actually, for me, too. Like, yeah. I do, like, I have to be relaxed because people feed off you otherwise. And, like, mm. if I turned up stressed, then the group probably would. Mm. But, yeah, it does matter to me a lot. Like, obviously, I want to have, I want people to have a good time. And I know sometimes we're running, especially because we tend to have a lot of beginners in our courses, so quite often it's like the first time they've been on stage for anything, yeah. let alone improv, yeah. like let alone being on stage, making it up, like the first time done anything in front of an audience. So yeah, there's like a lot of emotions in the room. Um, so yeah, it's very exhilarating. Again, I have that pressure. I want to do a good job of it. Um, things that we do with that now, so I start off by, um, just basically putting people at ease. I do a little chat and I say, welcome to your first improv workshop, oh, right. just to get them back into the beginner mindset. And I tell them the exact same things that I would have said at their first ever workshop. Yeah. It kind of catches people um, out because rather than saying, no, don't forget this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, you get a million things to think about. Yes. You're trying to remove stuff. Like I think um, whenever I've enjoyed improvising, it's, it feels like a process of removing all the shit that gets in the way between people, not, yeah. not necessarily giving you more to worry about, just realising that you've got everything you need already. Yeah. So yeah, when we're getting performance, we just go straight back to the beginner's mindset and um, yeah, get them 
warmed up and having fun and yeah they always they always go for it they always pull it out of the bag yeah yeah I don't know how actually they quite often do stuff I don't know how I don't think they realise how good they are yeah. when they do their first shows because yeah. they have sometimes they haven't even seen an improv show yeah but yeah it always goes really well um I'm always pleasantly surprised to take this trip. <laughs> and like massively relieved. I always have like a bunch of drinks afterwards and a kebab and then quite often end up having to get a cab home because I've missed my train. <laughs> and then I watch film four till like four in the morning. Um, I can never sleep after the end of course shows. No. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. I mean, because that's what, I mean, also, I mean, that's what, you can do improv for different reasons, but I mean, we, we are basically teaching it for performing. Like that's what we're built up around um, with the venue and everything. And it's a decision we made a while ago. We were like, oh, you could do improv for other reasons, like removing social anxiety, for instance, or um, just being more confident in real life. But we were like, we don't really have that experience of talking. We don't know anything about that stuff. Mm. Like I can totally see that people find it helpful for other things, but we're not deliberately teaching that. We're literally just a company that's like, here's how you improvise on stage mm. and here's how to have fun with it without hope, without hopefully getting too worried about it. Um, so that's what we've always got an eye on. And yeah, performing is where you really learn stuff. So I think the other the way we changed ourselves now is we're, we're just like, we're going to do, um, here's some things about beginners improv, here's some things about short form, here's long form, here's a taste of all the different styles you can do. But then really just get out there and, and do it and form teams and make it happen. Because um, there's loads you just, I think there's loads that you just get from being in front of an audience and making a show happen. But you, see, you see this happen to groups all the time. They go to Edinburgh and um, when they come back, they've either split up or they're just totally awesome. Like um, I had a, there's a group called All Made Up that did Edinburgh, I think it was this summer. And when they came back, I've seen, I haven't seen them together yet, but I've seen a few of the cast individually. One of them was in a few sketches we've, we were filming, um, Becky Bone. And just like, everything she did was awesome. She just, well, this one sketch, she just had like one line. I also had one line, it was a short sketch. <laughs> and um, just so, so that was like, that was quite a major role for this sketch. But this one line was like, she said it, we were, in a, we were filming in a shop, a corner shop in Rains Park. She said it and everyone just burst into a round of applause and started howling with laughter. And I was like, I don't even know how she's made that so funny, but she has. Um, and you definitely see that with performers. It's like, yeah, you workshops are there to learn stuff, but not get obsessed about it. It's when you put it into action that, you, that it really beds in. And that's when you find your own voice, I think, as a performer. And then also decide what the hell it is you, you want to do personally or as a group. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just, that's, there's just loads of stuff that you can only learn just from doing a lot of it. And I can't think of a single improv group, successful one, that behind the scenes at some point hasn't just done a shitload of shows. Yeah. Quite often it wasn't even the group that they've made it in. Quite yeah. often there's like, you know, like bands as well. There's yeah, like yeah, yeah. four bands before you get to Nirvana or whatever. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's true. I haven't researched that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can go and Google that fact that I just made up. Give them some homework. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you know, the best way to learn about being on stage is to be on stage. And it's mm -hmm. one of the um, really useful things that you told me uh, was to not see this show, the first show as the be all and end all, but yeah. you know, the first of a hundred. Yeah. And you see it as part of the process and suddenly that becomes a bit more manageable. Yeah. Well, people kill themselves off creatively all the time. Not, like, 
they do this thing where they're like, oh, I'll do this improv show, see how that goes, and then decide if I want to do that as a thing in my life, or I'll do, I'll do this stand-up set, see how it goes, and then see if I want to do blah, 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 or like, I'll, you know, and um, but they have that thought every single time they do a show, I'll see how this goes and then decide if I'm going to keep doing it. So obviously with that, logically what happens is the first dud show you have, which probably in average is going to be like your third. <laughs> it's pretty difficult. Um, your third show. A difficult third show, yeah. Yeah, a difficult third show. And then that person gives up because they're like, oh, I've, I've found the evidence I was looking for. They've told themselves the inner story. Uh, I'm not sure if I can do this. I probably can't. Yeah. And then they've successfully manipulated their own life in order to find evidence that backs up that story, right, yes. which is, I shouldn't be doing this. So they stop. Yeah. So you just have to be aware of like, what's going on with that and just give yourself the task, like you said, um, tell yourself you're going to perform a thousand improv shows, no matter what. And then the third show, you're like, oh, it didn't go that well. I'll just write down a list of like, what I didn't like about it. And then ne next to that list of points, write down a list of what the opposite of that thing is. And lo and behold, you have a training plan for the next year. And you have like something you can learn from. And by the time it gets to like show 110, you might actually have something. Um, and then I think also, I mean, for saying that, like there's another, there was a drama teacher called Sanford Meisner who said that actors shouldn't be allowed on stage for like 10 years or something. Um, but I think you just have to be aware there's different levels of getting on stage. So like there are in London now, it's a really lovely situation that didn't never used to be there where you don't have to be in a show where the audience have paid money and they're like, you've been pitched as being like the best imp improv team around. There's like jams that are free that you can go to. Um, there's bring a team jams where you just turn up with a jam. There's like um, launch pads, which are free, where it's clearly stated and marketed to the audience. This is free and experimental for new acts. Um, and so the same as the stand-up circuit, really, it's just we start to copy that where you know, the audience know what type, as long as the audience know what type of show they're watching and then yeah. you can get experience early on. It's, it backfires if, if you've pitched yourself as a thing and then I'm putting on like stuff that's not quite ready, which I have to say we do accidentally at the Miller <laughs> all the fucking, all the time. <laughs> I've been in like many of them. Um, but, um, but I mean, it's not perfect, but you give it a go. Um, but yeah, so it's all about, yeah, as long as you've got the communication with the audience and just these days, there's loads of levels of, of doing it. You um, you mentioned the uh, film sketches that you've been doing. Yeah. What was kind of the inspiration behind doing that? Because that's, uh, that's going to be different. That's scripted, is it? Yeah, so we've just been experimenting a lot. They haven't come out yet properly. There's been a few, there's like a few placeholders there, but they're probably coming out probably, hopefully before Christmas, maybe January. Um, it's just going to be an ongoing thing. So... Um, Inspiration just wanted to do it really. It's just it's mainly just for fun. I haven't tried not to think about it too much. But just I mean, weirdly enough, I'm actually employing that thing I said about the ten thousand the thousand shows. I've just told myself that I'm making an internet sketch show forever now. I'm just like, right, rest of my life I'm doing that. <laughs> and even if even if when I'm seventy it's still appalling, um, I'm still gonna be doing it. And also, I've kind of, because years I wanted to do it, actually, but I wasn't because um, I was kind of blocked about that. Because I was, like, thinking, like, I can't release it until, you know, it goes viral and everyone likes it. But the thing is, on the internet, like, you're never, never, not everyone's ever going to like it. So now I tend to make stuff that I'm like, does that make me laugh? 
Yes. Does it like my wife, George, laugh, who's next to me at my computer? Yes. Um, then it might go to the filming stage and we film it and then it comes back and I'm like, is that making me laugh still? Yes. Is it making George laugh? Yes. Then we're going to put it on the internet. Yeah. But to tell you the truth, even if the, one of those answers is no, <laughs> by the time I've spent all this money filming it, it's probably going to go on the internet anyway. <laughs> tell you the truth. Like, it's quite hard to like not pop something out once it's done. Um, and we've experimented with different ways of filming. So we've got um, Mike from Glitch, Connor from the RH Experience, and Ed from Giggle Leap. They're doing a great job directing. And um, I mean, what we've realised is it's, we're basically have signed up to this massive learning curve of like how do you film sketch comedy with improvisers and how do you get that balance between purely scripted, purely improvised and improvising around a script. And if you're improvising around a script, how do you cover that with cameras and make it look professional? Um, we did one that, yeah, so Mike's got some cool things we just did with like multiple camera angles and then we do other ones that are more filmed classically. What I found is that um, scripted acting is really different from improv. I'm not really a scripted actor and it's really hard. Like it made me get a lot more respect for actors than I've ever had in my life. I've always had I've respected them, but like, I was like, oh yeah, that's a lot harder. It's like on camera, that bit where you're, if you're having to go into your head and think of your line, the camera sees all of that and you just, your character's dead and it's completely unusable in the edit. You just can't use it because the actor looks terrible. Uh, it's so weird. And just how the actors can get the spontaneity as if they're saying that line for the first time. Um, even in a simple sketch, um, that's really clear. And this stupid things like I've, I've wrecked a sketch where I'm getting on a train. It was a really nice shot where we waited for a train to turn up. Um, exactly where I was going to be um, we worked it all out I get on it um, it's all going well and then at the end I look I look to Mike for some reason because I'm waiting to be told what to do but obviously it just looks like the characters died and now I'm looking at the camera um, so you, yeah it's sort of become like a really expensive way for me to just learn how to do film acting <laughs> I think it would probably be a lot cheaper just to sign up to a course but Instead, we've just done it completely trial and error. Um, but yeah, it's exciting because we're learning lots of stuff about it. And like, um, it's also funny, it's not like a set cast, so it's different improvisers each time. When it's really lovely is when I've written some sketch and I'm like, it's all right, but it's not amazing. And then you see them, the improvisers doing it. And um, we had one, for instance, about um, a thumb war in a pub, you know, like one, two, three, four, I declare thumb war. Yeah. So we had that. And, um, and it, it's just a fun war that escalates into like cartoon violence. So it's quite a simple sketch. And I did it as the first one because it was kind of easy to set up. It was only in one location. It just needed, I, just, I had to make a paper mache thumb, but it wasn't that hard. <laughs> so I was like, right, at least we can do that. We'll do that just to learn from it. But, and I was like, mm, it's not very exciting as a sketch. But when I turned up, the improvisers, using improvisers in, as your cast and crew, because they have the yes and mindset, that rather than complain about this sort of slightly normal script, they make it better. So like yeah. we had um, Tim and Nick from Do Not Adjust Your Stage and they had this whole character backstory and like real emotion behind it. It was like, you felt like they're real people rather than they were just saying the line. So that was great. And then, um, and then Mike just gave it this like amazing amount of action movie effects and like, <laughs> had this whole horror thing and just had like loads of ideas, this real candy attitude. And then um, the extras there, like me and uh, Maria and 
Andre and Catherine and, and George. Um, even that, it was like, this is, they had this real attitude of like, how can we be the best, even though our job is just to be people drinking in the background. Like, everyone knew what they were talking about and they knew who they were and like, um, felt really nice. So that was good. So we'll, we'll get there eventually. I don't know what we're, there's no long, the, the only long-term plan is we're going to talk again about it all in Easter, me, Mike and Connor and Ed and work out what we're going to do next. But we're just going to take it like a year at a time. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's just the commitment of like, we're going to, we're going to do this forever now. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are the people that succeed and they're the people that persist, aren't they? Because the people that give up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I try and say this to, like, I totally agree. Like success is what happens. It's success is what would have happened two beats after you gave up. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like you just don't give up. Like and then it's really and like a lot of improv groups have said this. So I was doing that at just your stage. I was like, like they've become really popular now and they're performing professional gigs at um Natural History Museum and they're tra- travelling around all these improv festivals and they're really great, like real crowd pleasers. And I was like, I asked Nick what his secret to success was and he's like, Oh, we just never really stopped. <laughs> he said we, he said they came to points where they felt like splitting up. But then they never got around to splitting up. Like they were too lazy to split up. They were too lazy to. So they just sort of had this thing in their diary. That they just kept coming to, which was the rehearsals and the shows. And even when it wasn't going well, and they felt like splitting up. They just couldn't be bothered to like have that difficult conversation. Therefore, they didn't split up. <laughs> and so they've accidentally. They just learnt it very gradually. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I got I got a lot of. Um, inspiration from watching a lot of groups that popped up like showstoppers for instance yeah, it's amazing and, what they're doing in the west end at the moment yeah it? and they that's been going you know they've been going for years and they just again just don't give up and like ostentatious for instance and then also watching the mischief was great which was um they used to be called the scat pack and they used to be an improv group with lights camera improvise and they were there every edinburgh you'd see them and they're always like the most enthusiastic flyers and the most hard workers and doing the most press and like always the most upbeat and like just had that kind of real tenacity about them. Yeah. And then, um, so then they wrote this play called The Play That Goes Wrong, but there'd been a few other sketch shows and other narratives that they'd written, um, which, which were great, but hadn't been picked up. But then this play got picked up and is also now at the West End yeah. and like won the Olivia Award for Best New Comedy, I think. And um, I think I got a lot from that because I was like, that is pretty much the most deserved thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was just like, that's just as a result of hard work. Like, they went to Lambda, they did training, they worked hard and they were always open to feedback and like always just trying to improve things. Yeah. Um, And really looked after each other. And um, yeah, I think sometimes in the creative industries, people think that, I think talent's unhelpful. I think people think like, oh, you know, they've got that because they're talented. Like, it's just talent. Yeah. Therefore, oh God, I'm not talented, I'll quit. It's like, no, it's, there's nothing in the whole of theatre that you can't learn. Like, you can learn to sing, you can learn to play an instrument, you can learn to improvise, you can learn to act, you can learn to produce, direct, film. Like, there's nothing you can't learn. It's just a question of, like, applying yourself and putting the hours in and just not giving up. Yeah. Um, it's easier said than done because it feels pretty emotional when we're when it's not going well <laughs> and it's, it's it's never helpful to that's a interesting noise 
They had some fire alarm problems earlier this week. Ah. That's not the fire alarm, though. Right, cool. That's the fire... That's... Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think it is a fire alarm, actually. It's when it's in the front, we had it earlier this week. It's like a lot louder. Right. There's another little lounge bit just before we go out. Okay. Is there a fire alarm? No. Oh, there's a noise on the first floor. It's like an alarm, but it doesn't sound like the big... It would be the fire alarm. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just chatting the corridor here. Let's be right. Uh, well, yes, we, we should probably just. Uh, well, no, it's fine. Yes, yes. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah, up there's all offices that I'm not allowed in. All oh, right, you're specifically not allowed in them. Just me. Yeah. Just you. Yeah. The last time. Mm. Awkward. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no, just private offices. All right. I went there once for a lie down, thinking it'd be okay, but someone sort of said hello in the tone of voice, which meant that it wasn't They said, hello, okay. are you okay? You know, the English way of saying, you're not meant to be here. And I said, yes, I'm having a lie down. And they're like, and I went, I'll move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though I do remember some sign about how you shouldn't venture too far or something like that. I Some sign about what? You there's, there's some sign around here that don't... Don't go wandering off or something like that. It seemed oh, like there was going to be a... <laughs> yes. Um, the thought I was having when the fire alarm went off was um, yeah. uh, not comparing yourself to anybody else because you were talking about how anything in the, you know, in the arts can be learnt yeah. and that are learnable skills. Um, so I was just thinking about how you know, it's easy to compare yourself to other people and how well they're doing yeah. and that's really not helpful in many ways but partly because you're outside them and you can't tell what's going on inside them Yeah. Um, so they might seem really confident but actually they're just as scared as everybody else yeah pretty much yeah I'd agree with that also you don't know when they started or where they started yes. where they're going what they want to do yes um, also I think um, in improv I love that this is. I love this podcast is progressing. We're asking about the arts in general. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm qualified to do that yeah. just from doing improv. <laughs> but like, I think well, improv is an artistic thing. But I think any art is an act of self-expression. Yeah. So if you're trying, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, you've already lost. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. You've lost that competition. The second you feel like you're competing, it's like well, you've lost that then because yeah. that means you're not expressing yourself. And also, you're the best person at being you. Yeah, so like, why, yeah, you never, you are, and you're pretty awful at being someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they're doing a good job of being themselves, so just let them get on with it. And like, I think also there's this, um, I think it's natural that we compare ourselves to each other. Like, not, I don't think it's natural as in it's, I don't think it's inherent human nature, but I think it's natural considering, like, stuff we've had to, we've done at school. Like, I think schools do a great job, but there's some things that, like, you know, for my school, for instance, when you received your A-level results um, and the same degree, they were just, like, stuck on a notice board. Like, there's a list yeah. of names, but it was in order of results. So, like, if you did best, you were at the top, and if you did worst, you were at the bottom. Oh, where did you start from, the top or the bottom? 
And when I got my uni ones, I started at the top because I was optimistic. <laughs> I worked my way all the way down and my name still wasn't there. And I was literally having a heart attack. And then I realised, because I'd taken a year out between my second and third year, my name was just on a sheet all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> like one piece of A4. It was like Steve Rowe. Um, it was a 2 1, everyone. Just, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, 2 1 in. Um, did engineering. Oh, right. But yeah, there wasn't an improv degree back then. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But um, that's a whole other podcast, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> so then, yeah. But then, um, so yeah, then everyone, and with degree, for instance, it's like a lot of them were marked. Um, your mark was a result of how well you did compared to everyone else on your test. Oh, really? Yeah. Your yeah, test. yeah. Okay. yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, you, it did matter like how well you done. And the same when you're applying for jobs. It's like there's 100 people going for one job. Obviously, you're going to compare yourself to everyone else. So when you go into like an artistic field like improv, where it's like, uh, where you're just you're genuinely free to say whatever you want and do whatever you want and make whatever you think is beautiful that you want to put out in the world. Um, unfortunately, you accidentally we compare ourselves to others, um, and then miss the fact that there's a bigger thing that we could have been doing, which is not doing that and just doing whatever the fuck we wanted. <laughs> and it takes like a, a while to get. And then you end up in this trap where you're comparing yourself as to like how much you're not comparing yourself to others. And then you're like, oh God, that person doesn't seem to be give a damn what anyone else is up to. I wish I was like that. And you're like, it's just this whirlwind. I mean, I don't know why I've suddenly put myself in some self-help guru mode. Like, <laughs> top tips to do with that. First off, turn your fucking Facebook off. Um, that second tip would be to turn Facebook off. And then the third tip would be turn Facebook off and <laughs> Twitter. I've now got a Facebook blocker on my computer, so I, I can use it for um, about 15 minutes a day. Really? So it's long enough for me to get on to skip past news feeds and like quickly um maybe like post messages about Hoopla. <laughs> so this is really makes me feel really evil I'm a, I'm a purely broadcaster in Facebook <laughs> um maybe check messages and but I mean otherwise social media is just surrounding you with like here's some amazing things people are doing and you're just gonna yeah it's not healthy so yeah getting rid of that stuff helped me a lot um and yeah I don't know yeah, for that rant. The fire alarm seemed to come back and came back in a different mood now. <laughs> no, and um, I like I like self help guru Steve. Okay? Yeah. Should I, uh, so I do my hypnosis CD? Yes, that'd be brilliant. Okay. Um, <laughs> a story about that. Think of a whale swimming in the sea. Think of the bubbles, like a vortex from its fin, fin trailing backwards. You are that bubble swirling in the sea, and then rising up towards the surface. When it hits the surface, that bubble is free into the oxygen, which is life. <laughs> I hope that was helpful. That was very helpful. <laughs> I think I think we've got to leave it there. I okay. think well, that, that that message for your yeah. devotees. I love that we've got devotees. We're all saying this bit as if we've got ten thousand listeners to your first podcast. It's blatantly me and you listening to this like ten times at home. I mean, to be honest, um, yeah. you know, uh, I make this for myself and if anyone <laughs> likes it, it's a bonus. Because that's my, that's my ske- YouTube sketch show as well. <laughs> I think it's a good attitude. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for listening to me, um, Nigel, Barry, Ian, Lucy, 
Um, Dave, George, safety. <laughs> You're going to have to miss everyone now because otherwise people are going to be upset that we missed Yeah, if I miss <laughs> Edgar, thank you for listening. I love Edgar. <laughs> He's brilliant. <laughs> I made this. That's improv! <laughs> That's improv.